morning. Sometimes when I walk up here, when the children are leaving, I feel like those basketball players who are avoiding the court storming from the fans. Anyway, what a bad joke that was. Okay. Man, lighten up, guys. Come on. Uh, Matthew chapter 3 is where we are today as we continue to trace the life of Jesus in 2024. We've been talking about his preparation, and next week we turn the corners to talk about his ministry begins and how he starts calling disciples. Today we're talking about the baptism of Jesus, Matthew chapter 3. I remember the day I was baptized. I was seven years old, and baptism there at Shandon Baptist Church in Columbia when I was seven, the old building, when it was actually in the Shandon area of Columbia, it's no longer there anymore, uh, but they kept the name. But anyhow, uh, back then, I guess it was trendy to do baptisms at the night service. So I don't know why, but they did. So I remember getting baptized at the night service. And I knew what I was doing. I knew that I needed Jesus to save me my sins and make me right with God. I had, but I had a very basic understanding of why I was being baptized. Uh, I knew that I was being baptized because that's what a person did who placed their faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I knew that Jesus was the only way to salvation, but it's a very basic understanding of what I was doing. As I got older, grew in my faith, studied the Bible more, went to college, got called into ministry, went to seminary, continued my education, even now, with every passing year, I understand more and more clearly just what it means to follow Jesus, and I begin to, to realize more clearly what exactly it was that I expressed to everyone the day I was baptized. My baptism expressed that I had died to myself, was born again, a new life in Jesus Christ. Maybe you can relate to that story in some way. You may remember the day you were baptized. If you've been baptized as someone who can make a conscious decision, an older child or an adult, maybe you knew what you were doing. Maybe, sadly, you did not know. That does happen from time to time. Uh, maybe you've never been baptized as an adult what we call believer's baptism, by immersion. Uh, maybe you're curious about it. Today we're going to look at a very unique passage of Scripture where the only man who didn't need to be baptized was in fact baptized, Jesus Christ. So that when you read this passage, you might think to yourself, well, why was Jesus baptized? Why did he need to be baptized? What did his baptism signify and what can we learn about our own faith through the baptism of Jesus so we're in Matthew 3 Matthew 3 verse 13 Matthew records then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him John would have prevented him saying I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, 
For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day you've given us. We thank you that we can worship here today. We can celebrate what our church has done. We thank you for OCC being here and, and, and the Samaritan's Purse organization and, and, and honoring us this way, Lord. We, we appreciate that. But Lord, we know it's just part of our calling. We thank you that we can be faithful in our calling to make disciples, to lead people to baptism, to show that they have been changed by you. Lord, I pray that my words today reflect your heart, you fill me with your spirit in preaching, and that those in here today respond to your message and it touches their hearts. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The baptism of Jesus is the event that marked the beginning of his earthly ministry. And this passage is special because it shows the Father, it shows the Son, it shows the Holy Spirit, the three persons of the Holy Trinity, all in together at one place, interacting together in one place, communicating together in one place. And the baptism of Jesus reveals how he's different from the rest of humanity while giving us some insights into how we can understand our own faith. First, let me make clear that as a Southern Baptist church, we do not believe that the act of baptism saves you. We believe it's a sign, a, a display, a visual picture of what has happened to you. Romans 6.4 says this, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So our baptism is a visual picture, a display of the burial, metaphorically speaking, of our earthly life. We have died to the old self. We put to death our old life. When we are raised out of the water, we're showing that we have been born again. We've been raised with Jesus into a new life. So baptism doesn't save us. It demonstrates to others that we've been saved. We've died to ourselves. And we live now a new life in Christ. When Jesus was baptized, it was unlike any baptism that has or will ever happen. And it was special in many ways, including that he did not need it. But he did it because he said it was appropriate. So we can learn three things today about our new life in Christ through the baptism of Jesus. Three things that we can learn. First, baptism shows that we're forgiven through the Son. We're forgiven through Jesus the Son. Verse 13 says that 
Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan, which was a river, to John to be baptized by him. But John tried to prevent him and said, I don't need to be baptized by you. Or, or, or I need to be baptized by you, not you, me. But Jesus in verse 15 said, Let it be so, for it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. John the Baptist had been ministering in this region for around a year. And his nickname was, was, was a good nickname because that's exactly what he was doing. He was baptizing people for their repentance of sins. Jesus then wanders down to the river and John sees him and says, now wait a second, you have nothing to repent of. If, if anyone needs to be baptized, it's me by you, not me baptizing you. And Jesus says, no, we need to do this. Now, interestingly enough, the word baptize, when he says this word baptize, it's the Greek word baptizo. So literally, baptize is the Greek word we've just transliterated, and it's, there's really no translation. It's baptize. And it means to be fully immersed into water. So that's why we are baptizo Christians. First baptizo church amongst corner. Now, interestingly enough, immersion was the standard practice of the Christian church well into the Middle Ages. There was no sprinkling or anything until 1311, when the Catholic Church started, for whatever, we don't know why, they're scarce on water or what, sprinkling people and children. In fact, the Church of England did not start to do this, to sprinkle children and people until 1645. And the Eastern Orthodox have, has never permitted any other mode by baptism but immersion. So somewhere down the line, other denominations, some even that are Protestant, which doesn't make a lot of sense either, have gone away from immersion. But as we've seen, that it is biblically something that was done. It is historically something that has been practiced. So that's why we do it at a Baptist church. It is a main distinguishing mark for who we are as believers here. Now, G Jesus answered John's protest by saying, let it be so. Jesus said that it was appropriate. Why was it appropriate for him to be baptized? Well, there's at least four reasons, quickly. To give credence of John's practice of baptism. For Jesus to be baptized was showing that, that what John was doing was appropriate. It legitimized it, in a way. Secondly, Jesus' baptism gives us an example of obedience to his followers. Jesus will never ask you to do something he wouldn't do. He was baptized, even though he didn't have to be. So yes, we should obey him and be baptized as well. Third, through his baptism, it's another way that Jesus identified with people and their sin. He identifies with us. A main reason that God chose to send Jesus to the earth in the form of a man so that he could identify completely with you and me. Have you ever been hungry? Hungry to the point where you were kind of what we call hangry? Where you were just, or worse, where you were considered starving? 
Jesus has been hungry. He can identify with that. Have you ever been stressed? I know no one in here has ever not has ever been stressed. Stressed over things in life? Jesus has had more stress than you. Have you ever suffered in any way? Jesus has suffered. In fact, he has suffered more so than anyone. Jesus can identify with us. He, he humbled himself in this way. Look at Philippians 2, chapter, or Philippians 2, verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus humbled himself partly to identify with us. But finally, Jesus' immersion was also a picture of his death, a picture of his future death, future resurrection. Just as he went in the water and came out, he would go into the grave and he would come out. And it's also a picture of our own death to our old life, to that we are raised in a new life. But your baptism is, is different than Jesus's. When you're baptized, you're showing that you've received his forgiveness for your sin, that you're dead to your old life, that you've been raised to walk in the new, new life. And only through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross and through his resurrection, which is what we celebrate on Easter Sunday, only then may we receive forgiveness of our sins. It's through Jesus that the Father forgives us. And when we're baptized, we are showing the world that we've received that forgiveness. We're forgiven of our sins through the Son. Secondly, baptism shows that we are empowered by the Spirit. We're empowered by the Spirit. Verse 16. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up out from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. The Bible says that after Jesus was baptized, that the heavens opened, and we get a picture of the Father being near to the Son. And the Spirit of God coming over him. Now, it doesn't say the Spirit was a dove, but it resembled it. It looked like it. Something like a dove that was hovering above him. Why did this happen? Well, first, the Spirit was given to Jesus to empower him, but also to show others that he was the Messiah. It was both an anointing and a sign. Now, we are saved 
certainly when we're baptized, we do not receive an anointing the way Jesus was. We do, however, upon salvation, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We receive this filling and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. When we accept Jesus into our life, we receive this Spirit. We have the Spirit of Christ living in us. This is the Holy Spirit. And He empowers us to now live the Christian life, the life we are called to live. Look at Romans 8.11. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who has raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. The moment we're born again, the moment of saving faith, of, of salvation, we become raised to life by the Holy Spirit, and this Spirit enables us to live like the Father. We start to act like Him. We start to look like Him in our lives. There is a noticeable change. There's a story of a father and son who went cross-country to meet an uncle the father had never known. And they arrive in this small western town, and the father all of a sudden sees this man walking across the town square, and he and his son are there, and the father says, there he is, there's my uncle. And his son said, well, well how do you know that? How do you know that's your uncle? He says, because he walks exactly like my father. That's him. He walks like my father. This weekend, my son and I were at a competition. I was a chaperone. A bunch of high schoolers thought it was interesting. They know me as Jackson's dad. Most of them don't know who I am, what I do. And all they told us the whole first day was, Jackson's dad, you look just like Jackson. Y'all walk the same. How many people tell us we look alike? So we were kind of excited about it. They said, y'all have the same walk, the same mannerisms. We walk the same because we're related. Walks like his father. Or maybe I walk like him, I don't know. But when the Spirit empowers us, just like that man who saw his uncle, he walks like my father. We walk like the father. People should know you are a Christian by how you live your life. By how you walk. One of my Many high school reunions I've been to, or which one I went to, I've had several. Some people are stunned that I'm a pastor. And I'm like, me too. <laughs> right? I get it. Because, praise the Lord, I've been changed since then. And we all should be different than where we were just a few years ago, or certainly when we were younger. We start looking like our Heavenly Father. Look at Matthew 10, 20. For it is not who you, you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Acts 1, 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and all Judea and Samaria and the end of the earth. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So you should be seen as someone who doesn't live in fear, but you live in the power of Christ. You live in the love of Christ. You live in the self-control of Christ, not through your willpower, but through the Holy Spirit that empowers you. 
He empowers us. And our baptism is a reminder that we now have the Holy Spirit giving us that power. And finally, number three, baptism shows that we are approved by the Father. Forgiven by the Son, empowered by the Spirit, approved by the Father. Deep down in all of us, we have a need for approval by our fathers or father figures. And it stems from the fact that ultimately we have a need for approval from our God. And in Jesus Christ we have that. Look at verse 17. Behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Jesus is quoting Scripture. He quotes Psalm 2-7, and he quotes Isaiah 42-1, when he says, Behold, my servant, who I hold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him. This should be evident to, to all the Jews that God is clearly saying that Jesus is his Messiah. God is giving his approval of Jesus at that point. So everyone knows that Jesus is the Messiah. Now, in a similar fashion, God approves of us because of Jesus. Not because we're the Messiah, but because of Jesus and his work on the cross. We've all sinned. We've all broken God's moral law. We've all fallen short of his standards and his glory. He is holy, and his holiness can't allow us to enter into his eternal presence. But if we have our sin dealt with, forgiven by Jesus, then we can exist with God. How God imputes this righteousness to us. So when God sees us, he sees Jesus. Our debt has been paid. This time last year, my dog had four inches of her intestines removed. It was expensive. The most expensive sock I've ever bought. Thankfully, they allowed us to do one of these um, credit deals where you pay it off in a year. As long as you get paid off in a year, no deferred interest. So I said, oh, don't worry. It'll be paid off in a year. Yesterday, was it yesterday or the day before? Yesterday. Looked at my app that tracks it, and it said, congratulations. Your debt has been paid. You even gave me the little celebration emoji on there. <laughs> your debt has been paid. I said, wow, one year to the day. I said, all right, all right, kids, we can go out to eat again. Amen. <laughs> debt has been paid. I'm approved once again. Now how silly would it be if I kept showing you all this app and said, do you think this is true? Is this right? Yeah, it says you've been, you, you, it says your debt's been paid. You're approved. Are, are you okay? It, if I just went around and showing it to you all the time, you would say, yes, it's fine. But that's the approval we have from the Father. Our debt has been paid. But we don't have to keep asking for approval from other people, do we? We don't need anyone's approval about our debt being paid other than the Heavenly Father. And through Jesus Christ, our debt is paid. Congratulations. But we seek approval from all sorts of people. Yes, you need to honor your parents. Yes, you need to love your spouse. 
The only approval you need is Jesus saying, congratulations, your debt is paid. Psalm 103, 12 says this, As far as the east is from the rest, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. God has reckoned it to our account. He no longer holds us accountable for our sin. Judiciously speaking, our sins are gone forever. God has deemed us innocent. Hallelujah. Let's go out to eat. That is the gospel. And our baptism is a reminder of the approval of the Father in our lives through the work of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your approval. We thank you that our debt is cleared. And every time we see baptism, we, we get a reminder of this. So Lord, if there's one in here today that's never been baptized, immersed, believer's baptism, Lord, that today they are believers today, that they, we, we understand that they've put their faith in you, but now they need to be baptized for all these reasons that they would make that decision for baptism today. Or maybe there's one here that's never placed their faith in you, that today they would place their faith in you. They would receive your salvation, receive your forgiveness. That today they would do so. And for those of us, Lord, that were saved or baptized, let us not forget as we leave here today the incredible gifts that we have and we've been given because of your son. That's why we're here. That's why we're here to worship you. Lord, let us not look for that approval anywhere else but you. Thank you for clearing our debt. Lord, we love you. We'll ask these things in Jesus' name.